in the autumn of 1998, Jacek Kuron had one of a series of awful operations which made the last decade of his life, a life of suffering. <coughs> his surgery, which included correction of the occlusion of one of the neck arteries, was complicated by a massive stroke and a cardiac arrest. When he came out of the coma, he was not aware where or what point of time he was. He hallucinated, but he was in prison. And as a result of conspiracy between the security service, the guards and the doctors, he was being tortured. He told a friend who visited him a complicated story. The friend realized with difficulty that Jacek was imagining that he was in Warsaw under German occupation in 1943 and talking with the commander of the SS the chief command of the Home Army and the Jewish fighting organization trying to reconcile them. Just after the visit of a friend, this friend, Joanna Szczesna, told me that the most startling thing had been that in those incoherent and disjointed hallucination, she could recognize the old Jacek with all his nobility and belief that people should always and in every situation, strive to reach an understanding. Ardent faith is often associated with extremism. Jacek was a person of ardent faith in the necessity of a compromise and understanding. He was like that at the time of the Workers' Defense Committee with his famous slogan, referring to the burning of the party committees during the workers' protest in communist Poland. Don't burn committees, set up your own. He was like that at the time of the first solidarity. He traveled incessantly around Poland, visiting trouble spots. He negotiated between the local solidarity and local authorities. He stopped strikes. He would come and pacify crowds and rallies, which made his colleagues from the opposition and from solidarity attack him brutally and defame him. A few months before the introduction of the martial law, when there was already an unprecedented conflict between solidarity and the authorities, Jacek put forward the idea of a national coalition government. It was be based on three pillars the authorities, the church, and solidarity. He started intense activity towards that goal. During the last meeting of solidarity in the Gdańsk shipyard, in the evening of 12 December, when information was reaching them about increased activity of the militia and army detachments, the, the calling up of soldiers of the reserve, Preparation of free beds in hospitals, broken telephones, dead telexes. Jacek was handing out his article on national government printed on the duplicated machine. He tried to persuade the activists to accept his proposal as a resolution taken by the solidarity leadership. He must have known a few hours before he was arrested 
but this idea was completely unrealistic. He must have believed that showing a willingness to reach an understanding made sense. Thus, as soon as the chance of roundtable toes became apparent, he had no doubt that it was necessary to sit down at the negotiating table. It was by no means a general attitude. On the contrary, there was a great resistance among underground activists against negotiating with the communists. <coughs> the authorities, on the other hand, opposed until the last moment Kurony and Michnik's participation in the round table, which caused a delay in the negotiations between Lake Bawelsa because Legoreza was adamant that he would not sit at the negotiating table without them. It is, by the, by the way, a peculiar paradox that Kuron, with such views as he had, was so demonized and hated by the authorities. We believed that Kuron was ready to hang us, General Jaruzelski told me. His person and that of Michnik were always present in the reports which were brought to us. We were saturated with it. I also think that many of those reports were exaggerated by the Ministry of the Interior, but of course, I don't want to justify myself by saying this. We were saying, the workers' movement is healthy, and if you weren't for those demons in the shape of Kuronian Michnik, everything would be all right. On the first day of the round table talks, Jacek Kuran was climbing the stairs of the presidential palace. At the top, he found himself face to face with Kishtak. Adam Michnik, in the same situation, tried as much as he could to walk past Kishtak. However, Jacek came up to him, extended his hand and said, I am Jacek Kuran. He had an axe to grind with General Kishtak, like no one else on the round table. Kishtak was head of the Minister of the Interior, who took individual curse as to which of the important impositionists to intern, which to hold longer, which to release graciously. It had to have been his decision to intern not only Jacek, and his son Maciek, but also his wife Gaia. In this way, Jacek's very ill father, who lived with them, Jacek's mother was dead, was deprived of all care. Henry Kuran was almost blind and very weak. He had suffered a heart attack three years before, when a fighting squad sent by the security burst into the Kuran's flat to block a flying university lecture and beat up Gaia and Magic. Jacek's father wrote a request to see his son in prison, as he was not feeling well and it would perhaps be their last meeting. But he was not allowed to see his son. Mr. Kuron watched on TV Czesław Speaks after demonstrations of the second anniversary of the Gdańsk Agreement during which people were killed. Kishtak said that the true responsibility for the victims fell on the instigators of the riots. 
Henry Curran must have heard in Kishtak's speech an announcement of an anonymous future for his son. He had a heart attack, it was his second, and it was fatal. When Gaia fell seriously ill in the internment camp, General Kishtak tried to take advantage of it and blackmailed Jacek to leave Poland with her so she could get, get treatment abroad. Jacek was prepared to do it. In a letter of 11 July 1982, smuggled to Gaika, he wrote, You are all that counts, and for you, I should, shall do anything with no hesitation. I have an obligation towards all those boys and girls who go to prison today, for I am the one who had led them there. Nevertheless, although there is no scale on which we can waive these obligations, we still must waive them. That means everybody has to do it on his own and alone. These boys and girls are being told now, look, your leaders are running away and hence Kinshak's humanity. But I'm not the only leader and you are my one and only. Without you, there will be no me. He made a decision to live with her. Gaika would have none of that. Under no circumstances did she want him to commit himself to anything with relations to the authorities for her sake. I was told this by Marek Edelman, who took Gaia to his hospital after her release from the internment camp. The greatest wrong, what was happened on the day she died. Jacek was brought to her from prison in Warsaw. Before he entered the world when she lay, a dead man told him that the Gaia would soon die. Uh, she had an oxygen pipe in her mouth, Jacek remembered. She was so beautiful, so wise. We were saying something, but it did not mean what it did. I felt cheated. For everything I had been doing was for her. Prison, solidarity also for her. Jacek knew that she was dying and wanted to stay with her for the night, but instead he was taken to a cell at the police station in Łódź. He was not with his wife at the moment of her death. How could he, can, how could he shake hands with Kishtak? In fact, it's hard to imagine, even today. Jacek wrote, and then Gaika's death. Can I forgive that we were not together before her death? That in those days she was alone without me or magic? Can I forgive that my blind father was left alone at home without care? The memory of the last months and hours of her life haunted him to the end. He does not answer the question in his biography, can I forgive? Probably because he did not forgive. He did not forget or forgive, but he did not start hating. I have always said to myself, remember, you must not start hating, because if you do, it will destroy you. Hatred destroys the one who hates, he wrote. He had no doubt whatsoever 
but divesting oneself from hate and readiness to cooperate with former oppressors offered the chance of a peaceful transformation. Reason told him so. But how did he manage his emotions? Especially that Jacek always show, showed his feelings. He was a bundle of spontaneously expressed emotions. Certainly, to use the psychological jargon, he worked on it for a long time and had plenty of time to do so, so during his numerous terms in prison. Jacek served his sentences in incomparably worse prison conditions that overwhelm known political prisoners. And so, during his second term in Romki prison, after March 1968, he was placed in a pavilion together with psychopaths, sociopaths, and mentally handicapped. They are like wild animals in a cage, like a mad white cat which can throw itself at anyone, bite anyone, Jacek described his inmates. A stranger is particularly dangerous. Out of fear, they look for something which can define you completely, make you defenseless. In his autobiography, Jacek hardly mentions how he, a stranger among them, managed to survive. Did he wake up frightened every day? How many times did he face dangerous situations? He mentions Snitcher sent to besmear him in the eyes of a criminal's prisoners so that his life would be in danger. Jacek knew that the authorities tormented him on purpose and would not be provoked to hatred. He had an ostentatiously positive attitude to prison service. He defended prison guards, saying that they had such hard work. He repeated that one fought the system, not the people, so it made no sense to quarrel with schools. All colleagues who were in prison with him were more than a little annoyed. He was kindly disposed not only to prison officers, but also <coughs> when he was free, to the, to the secret agents who take him. He believed that an agent who came to search his house should be given a cup of tea, because one had to see a human being in him. Gaia, his wife, who begged him up in everything, did not agree with her husband in this one matter, and insisted that agents were not her guests. Jacek would converse with them while she would show them her severe and approachable face. Once, when Jacek praised some agent, Gaia commented, Oh, surely that's the one who twisted my arm. Shortly before he died, Jacek had agreed to appear in a film in which the main protagonists were himself and the security officer assigned to him, named Lesia a particularly vicious bastard, whom later, in free Poland, Jacek helped to find a job. In the film, Jacek says, During interrogations, I used to say, you are a professional, I am a professional, as professionals, we have to fight each other, but nevertheless, as people, we have to like each other. He said that he felt awful in the climate of hostility and that always, everywhere, 
and with everybody, he tried to establish a relationship. At the beginning of, of a round table, Jacek announced, these nine years in prison which I have served are not so important because I have always been a free man. I am not angry with anyone. Really. When he started negotiating, he would talk to his adversaries officially and unofficially. When talking to people, Jacek would treat everybody the same, be it a prostitute or president, a homeless tramp or a Nobel Prize winner. He never kept his distance. His interlocutor would become his pal at once. And Jacek, a cordial buddy, was always ready to parade, discuss, have a laugh, and a drink. Which, a matter of fact, it shocked many of his friends from the opposition. Michniki remember that Jacek immediately settled with Kishtak, the case of a deserter from the Red Army who had been hiding for six months in Wrocław and wanted to get to Sweden. Kishtak said, let him go, border guards won't notice him. When, after the round table, there was a meeting of the solidarity leadership to decide whether the union should put forward its candidates for upcoming parliamentary elections of the 4th of June, many activists were against it, saying that solidarity must not get its hands dirty. Jacek started shooting then. Generations have beaten the dust for this Poland. We are facing a historic chance today. If you dig in your heels, we will be in the shit. Jacek was so averse to all, all papers that he would use this kind of language to say something really important. So it started. Jacek became one of the solidarity candidates and at his electoral meetings, he repeated. We must honestly assure the communists that we will have no witch hunter later. They must believe us, if we are not credible, the elections will end up with a coup in one way or another. When he took charge of the Ministry of Labour, he announced on the very first day in, the, in office that he would not sack anybody. In the parliament, he treated everybody alike. Helena Uczywo remembers her conversation with Jacek, who told her he was unable to go to the parliament and put up with the MPs, manifesting their contempt towards the so-called Reds. I can't stand how people are humiliated and scorned, he said, and he nearly wept. Why would the communist negotiate with us? Kuran wrote when anti-communist and polastration atmosphere started to gain ground in Poland. Was it about their own jobs, positions, flats and privileges or about the good of the country? I have always said that I don't care. However, now I think that the principal ruling in law, according to which any doubts are to be settled in favor of a defendant, 
should be also applied in the situation when we try to understand someone's motivations. Perhaps just once in all his, his life did he allow helpless fury to get the better of him in public. It was in November 1991. The parliament was discussing the extraordinary entitlements for the government. Andrzej Sidor, a Communist Party MP, proposed on behalf of his party to exclude the pension bill from those entitlements. It meant in practice that the pensioners would not receive pensions, which might to some degree compensate for the inflation and the soaring prices, and would not be able to make ends meet until the end of the month. Earlier in the 60s, when Jacek was doing time in Sturm, the MP in question was a prison doctor there. In the party empty, it, it was late in the evening, Suddenly, quiet house of the parliament, Jacek Kuroń reminded him of that and blurted out. I saw doctors who manhandled me, who refused me medical help, who simply treated me like a scumbag. I was ordered to stand naked with my head shaven and other prisoners were paid with cigarettes to rape me. If I hadn't been brought up in the street, I would never stand in this house today. If I had been brought up in drawing rooms, if I had not been bad and able to swear, I would be dead by now. He later apologized in the parliament of, to the MP he had attacked and explained that each time Sidor argued with him, he repeated quietly to himself, I will spare you, score. I will spare you and say nothing. He ended. Today, I have thrown it up for the first time. I have thrown up from my belly. The admission of repeating to himself, I will spare you, score. I will spare you, is probably the only trace that Jacek had to fight constantly enough to give into hate and not that he had degraded once and for all, full stop. Jacek's need for talk, compromise, establishing a relation, did not concern only the people on the opposite side of a barricade. One of the great leaders of solidarity, both the legal and the underground one, Władysław Haseniuk, said about Jacek, he would try to conduct a conversation so as to understand another person's point of view. We would write someone off, but he would keep trying to see something in them. He was incredibly patient, trying to leave someone a step higher, find some decency in them. I remember Adam Michnik shouting at him about this, saying that he would not change so-and-so by assuming him to be decent. But lack of success did not change Jacek's attitude. In that sense, Jacek was not a typical dissident. Dissidents are more, most often perceived not altogether wrongly as people adamantly convinced to be right, for what else to draw perseverance and courage from. 
the non-dissident future. Jacek's openness to different views and different life choices was fundamental, not only at the time of transformation, but also earlier, at the time of the opposition. Jacek consolidated people, like in the Workers' Defense Committee, where he was an informal leader. He was able to consolidate such different people. In all possible dimensions, he was an extraordinary person. If Jacek were alive, he would be in Ukraine now. Ukraine was the second love of his life after Gaika. Uh, he would be there with his oxygen mask and in, on his wheelchair. I'm certain about it. And he was so good at negotiating and bringing hope. He was also a man full of contradictions, a man of reconciliation and reasoning. During the time of transformation, he became a free market extremist. And toward the end of his life, he regretted it as radically as he had supported it. But this is what David Austin certainly discussed. <laughs>